You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time Bowling Show on 105.7 FM. The fan, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Dwight Albert. Early again this week. It's just amazing how early he gets each and every week. <laughs> Phil Bravo joins us on the great Midwest Bank hotline as well. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Sparky. Good morning, Dwight. It is a brutally cold day down here in the uh, Oklahoma City area. Can't wait to get home and have the same chill in the air. I was going to say, what's brutally cold exactly? Uh, it's about uh, 30, but the winds are coming out of the north at about 20 miles an hour. Wind chill's about 15, so it's just like being at home. Well, you'll have no snow to clean up because Wisconsin missed all the big winter yeah. snowstorm that everybody else apparently around the country got. So you at least have that to look forward to. Uh, okay, so first off, since we have you uh, on here early on in the show before, you're flying back today, right? Right, flying back as soon as I get done with the show here. I'm heading to the airport. So. Okay, so f- first off, let's talk a, a little bit about uh last week uh and what happened at the hall of fame classic so watched it on tv obviously um your thoughts as far as how it was received the pba was received all that week leading up to the tv taping and then obviously the tv taping itself tv taping uh was wall to wall i mean i usually can get a seat in the offside bleachers that aren't on camera if i'm at an event no chance zero chance of that uh, I was standing actually kind of by the booth by uh, Rob Stone and Randy Peterson. Uh, so I didn't see all the action up front, but we had monitors. We could watch that type of thing. But the crowd was the crowd was pretty intense. Uh, first time they had been in the Dallas area in quite a while, and uh, the crowd was definitely happy to see them. And the, and the neat part about it, too, is there were a lot of younger people in the crowd. Yeah, a lot I of saw high school that. and college <laughs> bowlers were there. It was, it was really nice to get that kind of energy for the live show. It's the first thing that I saw was what? The young people? The young people, the dads uh, right next to their sons, you know, and the kids taking it all in that they were on national TV. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, the one thing I haven't seen this week, and I very well could have missed it with all the Packer stuff going on, the Bucks doing really well, the Brewers stuff, uh, did they release uh, the TV numbers for the Hall of Fame Classic last week? Yeah, they did. And because it's on so early on the West Coast, the live showing, the initial showing, was only about 230, 240,000, so it was down. But they repeated it two times on Fox Sports One later on on Sunday. Right. I think once you got it all done with, you had about 675 to 700,000 views that day. It actually was so, on this morning, too. Yeah, so th- that's the key right now where the PBA wasn't getting those replays on ESPN. Now they're getting the replays on Fox Sports One and the Fox Sports Regional Networks. So that's really the key is in, in, in Fox's eyes. 
Uh, from what I've heard, uh, they're really just looking to get the build. They're not worried about these initial numbers being huge, like the PBA clash. It's a four-year plan for Fox with this, with the contract and everything. So uh, I heard nothing but good things. Uh, I didn't see Tom Clark uh, yet this week before I left Shawnee, but uh, I bet you if you talk to him, he'd be pretty happy with what happened for the Hall of Fame Classic. You know, and that's the one thing Tom Clark talked about last week, Dwight, was the fact that Fox was pretty much willing to move times if they were able to right. to get them the time slot that Tom Clark and the PBA wanted. They wanted that time slot last week to avoid the NFL playoffs, which even though, like Phil said, West Coast, okay, people in California, whatever, kind of get screwed on that because it's, mm-hmm. what is it, it's 8 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it is right. out there. Right. Um, yeah, so they, they kind of get screwed. But then what you didn't really get on ESPN ever was all these replays on all the regional networks, right. and now you get that. Yeah, and like I said, I, I got dressed this morning watching uh, the replay. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool as they're giving that home morning slot to PBA Bowling on Fox Sports 1. Yeah, I, I liked it. Big fan of that. Uh, okay, so now that we got through that, we looked at that field uh, last week, and I never made my prediction on the air. No. But when we got off the air, uh, Dwight had asked me, and I, I went with right. Buttruff. Uh, the one seed because that's I, I like the chalk pick uh, in that spot because I didn't see anybody really really running the table per se. Uh, Phil, on the other hand, you saw uh, somebody running the table and having success, and it didn't exactly work out that way. No, I I talked to Ryan Page the night before at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and he said he had a pretty good feel at the end of the week, pretty good idea, and he thought his ball pass through the pins was going to be a little bit better than what Svensson and Butcher, if we're going to find what you're in under the TV lights, and you know, unfortunately for Page, uh, the, the shot in the 10th frame, he joked about how he never leaves eight pins on tour anymore because he doesn't have the hand these guys do, and look what happens. Page leaves an eight pin, and he goes home. Now, we talk about that that show uh, in general as being the real first show because I don't mm-hmm. count the other shows. Right. I mean, it was whatever. Uh you had some star power on this show. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Bill O'Neill uh, takes care of business uh, and, and gets the win, and none of us predicted Bill O'Neill. No. But you had Jesper on that show. You had Belmonte on that show. Uh, you had Rhino Page on that show, who, who's a popular name, I think, amongst fans as well. Buttriff, who's the young up-and-comer, but has been in the news enough in the last year or so. He was on the show. Bill O'Neill isn't a stranger. You didn't have any no-names on the show, Dwight, and I— I would think that would help a little bit, too, because when you start doing the promotions and, and they're tweeting out who's on the show and everything else, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think, look at see who's in the five and go, oh, yeah, I know those guys. I know those guys. I'm going to tune right. in. But if you see a five and you know one, I just wonder how much that affects that person from turning on the PBA that week. Well, I think you're going to have always, obviously, your household fans um, that obviously are going to want to watch a Belmo on TV, but... Phil, I, we always go back and forth between, you know, I mean, do you want to see that star-studded guy or do you want to see that new up-and-comer? And this coming next two weeks on TV, you're going to see a few new up-and-comers like Kyle Sherman. Well, yeah, not so much this week with the Oklahoma Open because uh, you've got Buttrip and Svensson making the slip ladder right. for another week. And then uh, we all know Tom Doherty with the 100 game and Don Barrett with the U.S. Open win back in October. Patrick Gerard, not a familiar name for a lot of PBA Tour followers because he's only really a part-time player on on tour. But, uh, you know, that should be a good show today. But then, yeah, the Roth Holman doubles, you've got a few guys that have never been on a TV show before and a couple of guys that have only been on one. So that's going to be the true test, I think, for uh, 
how diehard the PBA fans are getting to watch that Roth Holman doubles when it airs uh, next week, Sunday, at Fox Sports 1. Yeah, the thing that I noticed the most on Flow Bowling when I watch it during the week, and you, you guys just do a fantastic job on it, is um, all these up-and-coming kids that are out there that are just, it's just going to be a matter of time before they break through and actually make the, the TV telecast. I still watch in awe of how much of a grind it is during qualifying and especially match play on these guys to make that TV show. It's so different from the week to the TV finals. Well, and it's it's the mental game. I mean, you watch so many of these kids. You know, you've got our top seats now for the double. Roth Holman doubles are taping today with, with Kyle Sherman and Brad Miller. And they were in great shape for the Oklahoma Open through uh, qualifying. And then Brad Miller falls apart at the end of qualifying to miss the cashes round. And then Kyle Sherman falls apart at the end of the cashes round uh, to not make match plays. So it's these young kids. The physical talents are there. They are fun to watch. It's a lot of fun watching them, you know, throw the pins around. Problem is, these kids, when they tend to make a mistake, it's not just for a frame. It's for the three or four frames. Unlike a champion like Bill O'Neill last week, okay, a couple of mistakes, yeah. ball change, talk it over, and then bam. You know, so that's where these kids really got to learn how to, how to, you know, it comes with time and make the changes. Yeah, no doubt about it. But they are fun to watch. Okay, so when we we start talking about now this week the Oklahoma Open, which is on today again at ten a.m. So we're going right. to get done, and and they're going to be on right away on FS1. Uh, and you look at what it is today: a couple of repeat guys, right? Jacob Buttriff uh, on the show again. Yeah, Jesper back on the show again, uh, which is obviously good. And then we start getting into some of the other guys uh, that are on the show, uh, Phil. Uh, Patrick Doherty, if if you haven't seen this, this this emotional dude, Bull, uh, this could be fun to see how the fans react to him. How were fans reacting to him during the week? Uh, they He got the fans behind him on match play on Friday morning because he was over 250 pence outside the cut number with eight games of match play remaining. And basically right there, he's thinking to himself, I, I just got to get as many spots up as I can, get some more PBA tour points, try to make, you know, get more points towards the playoffs. And all of a sudden he started winning and he came out of gates with a, with a hot game. And all of a sudden he's still winning and still winning. All of a sudden he gets four games in. We had him in the flow bowling booth yesterday. And he goes, I've got a chance. I just keep this going. I got a chance. And the fans were getting behind him. He had a hot hand and Patrick Gerard had a hot hand. And the fans started gathering behind those two. And, you know, a great position round match where Doherty was eighth going into the position round against Jason Belmonte. They got EJ Tackett and Nick Pate on the pair next to them in fifth and sixth, and Doherty just pops 279, pops a great game, leapfrogs three guys and gets himself in the step ladder with a lot of momentum. And he got the fans and, and Shawnee behind him, no doubt about it. The guys, that performance. the guys he got over. I don't know if you saw the numbers, uh, Dwight. No. Jason Belmonte was sixth. EJ Tackett was seventh. With all due respect to Tom Doherty, people were going to watch Dor- Belmonte and Tackett more than they're probably sure. going to watch Tom Doherty at this point. But that's a great come-from-behind type deal there at the end of qualifying. Uh, Dom Barrett makes the field, who people know if they've watched uh, the PBA for the last several years. I'm always a big Dom Barrett fan. Patrick Gerard, what's his story? Part-time player out of Canada. A lot of times we see him in a couple of events a year, and we see him in uh, the World Series of Bowling. Uh, this year, a little more commitment to the tour. He missed uh, the cut last week in the Hall of Fame Classic and comes out here this week. He was bowling uh, doubles with Zach Wilkins, his, his teammate from Team Canada. And Gerard, once again, another huge comeback. He was 194 down getting in that last round of match play. 
gets undefeated through match play and and gets himself in the second spot. He's made TV shows before. Yes, he has. Yeah. He's he's been out on tour for a good dozen years. It's just a lot of people haven't heard of him because he's just kind of a part time player. But when he gets out there, he he cashes checks. He, he's a grinder, and you know we don't see him on TV often, but he's got a pretty pretty good chance today of uh, of getting into that championship match once he gets through his whoever his opponent's going to be in the semifinal. You know, when you talk about uh, Oklahoma, uh, obviously they've been down there in the past. The PBA has. Uh, how are the crowds this week for that? As we're talking with Phil Brilo from Extra Frame, uh, who is down there uh, shooting all the Extra Frame coverage uh, all week on Flow Bowling, uh, now getting ready to come home as the live event here uh, will go in about 50 minutes on Fox Sports 1, the PBA Oklahoma Open. How are the crowds down there? Were there fan favorites down in Oklahoma? Oh, the, the fan favorite is still always at this point, Belmonte. I mean, it's <laughs> the kids are there with their dads, and, and the kids are getting autographs on their pins and such. Um, you know, he's still the number one face right now uh, out there. But uh, Jake Butchroff, he's getting recognized more. He was yeah. a, a crowd favorite for a while. Everybody's just <clears> in <throat> awe of what he can do with a bowling ball one-handed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but but the crowd was the crowd was pretty solid all week, and uh, it was actually more than what we saw last time we were there for the summer swing. So it was good to see a, a healthy crowd there for the, the qualifying rounds. I'm dying to uh, – I've been waiting all week to ask you this, Phil. A lot of social media buzz about Jacob Buttrop being the number one bowler in the world right now, and a lot of people don't think that he should be. What's your take on that? Somebody out bowl him. Somebody, yes, I know. You know right. It's it's pretty simple. Everybody, you know, <clears throat> the social media chatter with, all oh, the patterns are getting set up for lefties and all this other stuff. Well, other than Jesper and, and, and Jacob – Naming their lefty, you know, okay, Rhino made the show last week, but he bowled terrible this week. Naming another lefty that's close. Yeah. There, there is none. And you can make the same mark for Belmo on the other side. Belmo had a great first week. Belmo just missed the TV show in sixth, and now he's going to be on the Roth Home and Doubles defending yes. his championship. With O'Neill again. It, it, right. it's, it's not the patterns out there. It's these guys are executing right now. These guys are locked in. They're executing. They're throwing it well. And, yes, the patterns may not have been that much different. Uh, in length, they were a little different in the side-to-side uh, -side ratios. They were actually a little bit easier for the players this week. But they took full advantage of it. And yep. when you're throwing it well, like Buttrip and Svensson, yeah, if you want to call them one and two in the world right now or one and three in the world, it's I'd, I'd have no issue with that. Yeah, When you look at the last couple of weeks, how many pins did Buttrip beat the field by? Wasn't it 200 this week? Uh, no, it wasn't this week. Buttrip was 100. only about a 40-pin advantage over Barrett, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so from it one to it wasn't a ton. One was nine thousand three sixty two. Second, Gerard was nine thousand two fifty one. Then Svensson nine thousand two fourteen, nine thousand one eighty seven. Barrett uh, and then Patrick Doherty or Tom Doherty, I should say, nine thousand one forty six. He beat Belmonte by thirteen pins to get that fi that five hole. Hey, I, I something else that that I've noticed looking at these these top sixteen guys that maybe. Most people don't know. Jake Rollins makes the top 16 cut. Zach Wilkins from Canada. Patrick Hanrahan uh, from Kansas. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Nicholas Pate from Grover Heights, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Anthony Laver Spar from Pasadena, Texas. Uh, is the competition of guys that, you know, most people that watch the PBA, is that really starting to get a lot better for some of these more known PBA bowlers they see on TV? Well, yeah, and especially this year, uh, it's going to be a huge rookie of the year race. You mentioned Jake Rollins and uh, Patrick Hanrahan, two of the bunch of kids that are out there fighting for rookie of the year. 
Uh, Nick Pate, it was his first year on tour last year. He made one step ladder during an extra frame event in Lubbock, Texas last year. Pate had three 300s this week, and he had a chance for a fourth to tie the PBA record. Wow. Left a ring 10 for a 299. Oof. And uh, I'll tell you what, Pate's one of those kids like Marshall Kent coming out of college, really Kent was back in the days, where uh, you got to watch out for this kid right away. He's skilled. He's got experience on Team USA. And he's probably going to be a force in more and more events as the tour comes around. So uh, Nick Pate, definitely one of those kids that you can put in the possible rising star category. Hey, Phil, can you hang around or do you have to go to the airport? No, I got uh, I got as long as you need me right now. Okay, I want to come back. We'll take a break. I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit about the playoff system uh, and how this is going to work uh, for the for the PBA playoffs this year and how the point system works and does Buttriff uh, get any extra points for being one in the stepladder the last two mm-hmm. weeks? And explain that whole process, all right? Sure, sounds good. All right, sounds good. We'll talk with Phil Brilo. He's on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and I just hung up on him, so I'll have to call him back. Uh, back after this on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show. Phil Brilo here for the Spare Time Bowling Radio Show on FM 105.7 The Fan. And with me, last week's winner of the Hall of Fame Classic, Bill O'Neill. And, Bill, congratulations on a great run through the stepladder last week. Uh, thanks a lot, man. This is, uh, it's been a wild ride. The last, uh, last few days have been... Uh, insane. I've never received this many uh, messages and phone calls and tweets and Facebook uh, notifications. So I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get through all that and uh, you know, still try to find a way to bowl this week. And uh, but it's been uh, it's been a great experience. Yeah. Let's talk about the end of 2018. Not the season you're looking for in more ways than one. Uh, some changes at home as things happen, and only a couple of finishes in championship rounds during the end of 2018. What did you do for yourself to get ready for uh, kicking off this big long road season here, the true PBA Tour in 2019? Yeah, so the 2018 season was bittersweet just because, it, you know, I bowled much better that last year than I did the two previous years. Uh, you know, I think I finished the year eighth in points. Um, so it, wasn't a, it was, certainly wasn't a terrible year. It just had some close calls. So for me, it was just about cleaning up little things, uh, making sure my, my spare game was, was solid, um, you know, which, which it was last week. And I, made, I didn't miss any. I think I only missed one spare. I think it might have been a 3-6-10 maybe. Uh, I didn't miss any single pins and, you know, just focusing on little things like that and working on more on a pre-shot routine, um, you know, to do that throughout practice and, you know, all, everything. So I can just try to, like, have something maybe that helps, you know, a shot every three games, you know. But that's really, you know, the difference out here, you know, when you're talking about bowling a lot of games and coming down to, you know, making a TV show or not. Well, then last week, two Hoffing Classic, fourth after the first round of qualifying, third after the second round, third after the third round. What was the key to your consistency from round to round? Because usually during these events, we see these guys go up and down the leaderboard quite a bit. You were quite consistent the whole time. Uh, yeah, you know, I just had a really open mind on uh, how I was playing the lanes. Um, you know, the first two days, uh, I had a, pretty much the same ball progression. Uh, but the third day, I bowled 300 the first game, and I switched balls in the fifth frame of the next game. Uh, and, you know, it's, sometimes it's really hard to do that. Uh, but you know, I, I trusted my ball rep Sean Ryan, and you know, we we work really well together. And um, you know, we just seeing things in the lanes, and, and you know, I, I played lanes quite a bit different day three than I did uh, days one and two. So, uh, just about keeping an open mind and bowling on what's what's out there, and not not what you had seen the day before. And of course, Buttrip had the great run. He was a top seed. You worked your way through to the championship match, and uh, after the open in the fourth frame, what was the the thought process to get things going and get your way all the way through to the championship? Yeah, I tried to you know stay as calm as, as possible. I knew I made a good shot in the fourth frame at seven ten, so it, it, that pretty much told me that I had to get out of that ball uh, and go to a ball that flared a little bit less and was a little cleaner, so it could you know it wouldn't it wouldn't roll as early. And um, you know that that move certainly worked out, and I was you know really really fortunate that uh, you know Jacob missed a few spares and you know and um, 
you know, he's been bowling so good. It's like you you, you don't you don't expect to, to to see that, you know. And it's just I think it's just one of those things when it's it just you know it was meant to be for me that that day, and um, you know I was able to take advantage of it. Yeah, past years, if you look at this early in the season, a win would usually guarantee you uh, stuff for the PBA Tour Finals, entry into that. But with the point system this year and the varied rankings of tournaments, uh, you're leading points right now after one tournament, but you can be passed by three or four guys this week uh, here in Shawnee. What's the mental attitude going in week in, week out to make sure that you're going to be accumulating points to make sure you get into those very valuable PBA playoffs in April? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really important thing to keep going week to week. And, and, and I think with, with the way that the schedule is set up, when I came here this week, I, like when I started practice session on on Monday, I'd already forgotten about what happened the day before, and you have to have to do that. You know, yesterday didn't uh, uh, didn't work out too well for me uh, on the lanes, and um, but you know, you just got to keep keep focused, you know, and you got to keep 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 grinding, and um, you know, don't. I don't try to dwell on any uh, success or, or failure. I don't try to. Want, I don't want that to interfere with anything I'm doing in lanes. I don't want to become complacent uh, in any future events because I, I I won one. And you know, you see how the greats of the game uh, approach it. And I've tried to learn a lot from those guys. And then this week, defending champion in Shawnee Rothelman doubles. I'm talking to you going into the second day. You and Belma got a little bit of work to get back into the top twelve. You guys discuss a game plan here in uh, day two to get yourself into the match play rounds this weekend. Uh, not amongst each other. I think we, you know, both of us know what we have to do. You know, we're still bowling a singles tournament as well, uh, so we're, we're, you know, we just got to go out there and we got to strike a lot. I mean, it's just, uh, I think, uh, you know, day one for me, I tried to bowl a little bit too much and try to be, you know, a, a thinker out there instead of just going out there and, and and bowling, you know, and just trying to trying to strike and not worry about, you know, little nuances of the, of, of the game and how the lanes are playing. And you see guys who are bowling really well and they're just they're just free flowing and they're just they're throwing it out throwing it around out there. And uh, I think that's what we both have to do today. Good luck the rest of the season, Bill, and good luck the rest of the week here in Shawnee. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. It's Castellate Spare Time Bowling Show here on 105.7 FM. The fans, the Sparky Fife. Right, Oliver, if you know a family member or a friend that is a fan of the PBA Tour, high school bowling, we'll get into that as well uh, throughout the year. Normally we do one segment in high school bowling once we get a little bit uh, further in here, and we will probably do that. Uh, probably starting next week, I'd be my guess. Uh, do a high school segment each and every week. Sometimes we'll have high school coach in, high school bowling coach, or high school bowling team will come in. Boys or girls, doesn't matter one way or the other. And I got a fun little high school bowling story to tell here coming up uh, in about mm, 10, 15 minutes uh, or so uh, with uh, Dwight that happened to me earlier this week. But first, we'll continue our PBA talk with Phil Brylo, who's uh, down in Oklahoma getting ready for the Oklahoma Open Coming up, uh, well, in about 40 minutes is where the pregame uh, to the uh, PBA Tour once again on Fox Sports 1. Uh, and before the break, Phil, I, I brought up that I wanted to get into a little bit about how this playoff uh, structure is going to work and the playoff uh, points are going to work. So, Buttriff qualifies one last week, qualifies one for the show today. Does he get any bonus points for qualifying one, or how does that work? Zero is where you finish in a tournament, not where you qualify for the finals. So, uh, Butcher last week got second place points, so uh, it was a tier three event. There's three different tiers of events this year on the PBA Tour. Hall of Fame Classic was considered a tier three, so he received 1,500 points for second place, or Bill O'Neill got 2,500 for third. Now today, in the Oklahoma Open, it's a tier two event, so it's double of what tier three points would be. So whoever wins is going to get 5,000 points towards the PBA playoffs. Can you explain to me why? What's the difference between uh, last week and this week and why it's a different tier? If 
in my opinion, it's not much. The strength of the field's the same. That's something you'd have to talk to the commission on. Yeah, we had Todd um, Clark I, I, on last week, but we never got to that, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and we had a discussion this weekend, Flo Bowling, about why uh, they're giving points for the doubles event as a tier three when these guys are basically you could ride on your partner and get more points and make the playoffs. I wasn't a fan of that. Jeff Goodger uh, said, well, we know the rules when we come in. The bowlers know the rules when we come in. They're, they're accepting it and dealing with it. But I wasn't a fan of getting points for that concurrent doubles event as well. Uh, but that's something that, uh, you know, the commissioner made the, the point on with having three tiers of tournaments, making the majors tier one triple points. And uh, it's something the players know throughout the year as they enter. they got to perform in the majors. They have a good chance of getting a high seed in the playoffs. I think – that needs to be emphasized as much as possible during the TV broadcast as far as how the playoff structure is going to work, how the point totals are, what tier that tournament is, or whatever the case may be. Because this is brand new. Fans don't know about it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, yeah. And fans are starting to learn about it and trying to figure out how this whole thing works. Uh, Phil, your not, well, Phil, hold on a second. Phil. Dwight, your thoughts on... Uh, what Phil just said about the doubles uh, still getting points. In my opinion, I just... Doubles is fun to watch, but I, I, if we don't have doubles ever again, it's not going to bother me in the least bit. Yeah, because I have no idea the whole points thing. Phil explained to me uh, the point leader, is uh, that go to the end of the year, the point leader, what do they win? It goes to the USBC Masters. So we run the full PBA Tour schedule through the Masters. All the points that the players accumulate then determine the top 24 that make the PBA playoffs in Portland, Maine, beginning in April. It's important to be not just in the top 24 for getting to Portland, but you want to be in the top eight because that gets you a buy out of the first round of match play. And the first matches between players in ninth and 24th are just going to be a single game. That's it. Where at least if you make it to the round of 16 and you will automatically with being in the top eight, you get a best of three match instead of a single game match. So you get a little more of an advantage that way. Uh, and that's one thing the guys are all shooting for. They don't want to be that guy that's ninth in points, gets the bowl one game in Portland, bowls bad, and goes home with a three thousand dollar check instead of a hundred grand. So explain something to me. So how? Um, for, first, I have so many questions. I'm just trying to slow my brain down. First <laughs> off, I think it's a mistake, and it's year one, so they'll fix this as they go. But I think it's a mistake not to give something to the person that is the best qualifier during the week. I think that is my first thing that I would say is there should be some type of bonus pop, anything. I mean, if if, if second place is 1,500 points, then that that first place qualifier, make it 500 points. You get 500 yeah. points if you qualify first. It shouldn't be as much as a win uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it should be something. Like a pool so, sitter. And right, so this dude here yeah. qualifies first the first two weeks. He should have an extra 1,000 points or whatever yeah. because he qualified first. You don't have to give points to second, third, fourth, or fifth, but just make it a you know hanging fruit that somebody can get an, you know, a few extra points if they qualify first. So that's my first thing. Mm-hmm. My second thing is this. So when Tom Clark was on, he was talking about the playoffs being in April and May, I think. So from a TV perspective, then, how does this play out? April, they'll be live. The first uh, few round of 24 matches will be live in Fox Sports 1, and then they're going to tape the rest of them through the round of 16 and the round of 8. They're going to air in April, May, and June. Uh, we come back Saturday, June 1st, with live coverage of the, Rhino, of the uh, Final Four for the PBA playoffs from Bayside Bowl in Portland, Maine, and then that's live on Saturday, June 1st, Sunday, June 2nd. Final four in the championship matches will be on Fox Sports 1. My next question is, 
obviously they think it holds up. Does it hold up when it gets warmer outside? Bayside? Oh, yeah. No, no, not no, Bayside. No, no, no. Bowling in general, the yeah, PBA, PBA. The PBA. Does that hold up? Will it hold up with viewership as we get into the warmer months? I guess that's that's my other thought on this whole deal. Well, back in the days of ESPN, they had the summer tour entirely on ESPN in the 80s and 90s. Now it's just time to prove it again. I mean, bowling hasn't been on in the summer in so long. It's it's going to take some work, but you know, Fox Sports One committed to it, and especially around all the other sports they show, uh, it, it's something fresh and it's something you know supposedly people want to see. Well, fans will have to prove it. Watch and that it. that have to watch what's that that playoff. That, that final playoff, final four show or whatever it's going to be, that's going to be on actual Fox, not Fox Sports 1? Uh, I believe that it is on – the semis are on Fox Sports 1. I believe the championship is on Fox Sports. I'd have to, yeah, Let me check the TV schedule. That, that, now, that makes sense if you can get it on Fox and have it on at a decent time. Uh, to get that deal, but don't you yeah, think it's, it's a noon. little what? Phil? Yeah, it's noon. It's noon that Saturday and Sunday, Sparky, on the first and second of June. It is on Fox. It is on network. Perfect. So. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I like that aspect of it. And what are you competing with? You're competing with Major League Baseball, maybe golf. Um, Saturday afternoon, not really in June, probably. Uh, yeah, golf, maybe. That's about it. And then the NBA playoffs right. will still be going at that point. But you'll only be down to a couple teams. You're not dealing with an entire NBA audience watching their team play. I also think yep. you're going to have your diehard fan that's going to watch year-round. Um, I, I think the it is a winter sport, of course. But I still think that your diehard fan is just dying to watch PBA bowling on TV all the time. Right. And for me, uh, and, and again, look, you have to do whatever Fox thinks is the best. So if this was Fox's idea of how to get you more coverage – then you do what they say, right? Of course. But tell me if you agree with this, Phil. In in the perfect world, this season, their full season, goes through that of a regular bowling season that you would have. So, you know, it starts in September, and the thing is done in, say, April or something like that, and that's when, you're, when your playoffs are, your finals, and everything else. I don't, I don't think it needs to be that revolving around the bowling season again. I think that issues died quite a few years ago, especially with the number of league bowlers that have declined over the years. I think with getting to the younger demographic, it doesn't matter when it's on. They they want to watch it when they, when, when they know it's on. I don't think it matters if they're throwing a bowling ball or not in the middle of June or in this case, right. July too. Don't forget PBA league this year got pushed to July, mid July mm. at night on Fox sports one. And it's going to be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in July. At night, so I don't. I, I don't think with the younger demographic coming into bowling, I don't think it matters to them that much when it's on. I think they're going to watch uh, when it's presented to them. Go ahead, Dwight. You're shaking your head. Well, I, I I love the idea that it's going to be live on on weekday nights, but I think it would be better if it was on like March, April, when the bowling leagues are still going, and you got where you can turn it on in the bowling alley, right? Right. And now you're not going to have that advantage. I'm interested to see what those numbers are going to look like in right. prime time in the summertime. Uh, at night, I I am very interested because I think you could get yourself into a situation where it gets lost and forgotten about in July, uh, and you're really going to have to work your butt off to try and get word out that it's back on the air again. Yeah, but to counter Dwight's point a little bit too, all the replays that we're getting on Fox Sports One, we've got all these shows that are going through the bowling season. That if the proprietor leaves their TV on Fox Sports One, odds are one or two nights during that week they're going to catch that replay and it'll be on the bowling center. Sure. Yes, yeah. a lot of people may have seen it already, but it's still on the air, and that's the key. Right, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with mm-hmm. you on that. 
Uh, we were talking about uh, last week uh, as far as, you know, flow bowling and all the great stuff that they do and, and how that's been working out. It'll be interesting to see how Extra Frame grows uh, as far as online people subscribing to Flow Bowling and that whole deal from the bowling perspective throughout the course of this run on Fox in year one, Phil. Yeah, it should it should be interesting. Like I said, I, I, I don't get the numbers right. that Flow Bowling sees, but I've gotten nothing but positive comments from the people down in Austin. Uh, they're obviously happy with what's going on so far. They're committing resources uh, to getting us the best possible uh, you know, live streams we can. You know, during match play for the Roth Holman doubles, all six pairs we had covered. We were bouncing back and forth. We had 300 games going at the same time. We caught them both for the fans. It, it's been a really great deal that way. Um, whether it picks up for subscriptions for them, for just flow bowling, right. hard to tell because of all the different verticals we talked about last week. Some people might be interested in the auto racing and stuff, too, and they, they watch that. I know one of the ball reps uh, for Motive, Brett Spangler, he was a subscriber to Flow Grappling before um, – we came to flow bowling and now he, you know, he gets the benefit of both worlds being a fan of wrestling and a fan of, of bowling. So. Yeah. One of the things I always wanted to ask you, and I, I haven't, um, when you do the shows, uh, do you know how, uh, do you ever get any stats of how many people are streaming or while you're doing the shows, how many people are watching you guys? No, they don't, uh, they don't give that to us on site. They kind of keep that a little proprietary secret down in, down in Austin. So, okay. Uh, which, Fine with me. I, I I give them the same show no matter if it's one person or, or 10,000. Well, you got Dwight at least. I mean, if nothing oh, yeah. else, you're talking to Dwight. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's right. To me, at the end of the day, that's the and, most and, important thing. And he thing. has. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you got Dwight. So it's all good. <laughs> and, 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 and as proud as the shop is, there's usually two or three other people in there. So I at least got three or four. <laughs> right. At least three or four. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, no question about it. Cool. All right. So uh, before uh, we let you go so you can get to the airport, uh, who's your pick uh, for the Oklahoma Open today? I'm going to ride the ladder again today. I think Doherty's got the hot hand. He's got the right idea. Uh, he's got a game plan in play to fight it in case uh, Don Barrett or somebody else throws urethane out there in practice. Uh, he's got a couple options in, in the bag as well to switch out of urethane if he needs to. And I, I think Doherty's got it. He wants to prove to Rob Stone uh, that he can shoot more than 100 because that's the only game Rob <laughs> Stone's ever called of Tom Doherty's was the 100 game back in the ESPN if days, he so. shoots, If he shoots 100 again, Rob Stone should run. <laughs> like, just get up and run because Doherty is going to think it's his fault. I'm telling you, just run, Rob, run. That would be hilarious TV. Rob running out of the building. It would be like WWE-style stuff. Oh, hey, God. Phil, thanks so much, man. Have a safe flight home. And uh, you're in studio next week? I will be in studio with you guys next week. It'll be good to be home. Yeah, it'll be good to see you. All right, there he is, Phil Brylow on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Check him out on extraframeflowbowling.com. On the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank, dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since 1935. Uh, Take a quick time out, uh, come back, and I'm going to tell Dwight uh, a high school bowling story. Uh, that I had earlier this week. Next on the fan. Just watching the slow motion demolition of the Bradley Center roof. Uh, explosion from earlier uh, this morning. And you 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 were good with the Bradley Center, right, Dwayne? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I did a lot of the Milwaukee Iron Game, bringing the cheerleaders in on our Harleys with Hal's. Sure, 
you know, so I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes of the Bradley Center. I love the Bradley Center. I, I understand it was built for hockey. Right. You know, with the pettits and everything. So, but I, I didn't think it was outdated. Have you been to the Pfizer Forum? I've been to once. Correct. And your thoughts? Well, when you sit in the in the stands, it, it to me, I said first thing to my wife, I go, they, they must have less seats here. And she Yeah, go, they do. Right. But it's not much. It's no, a it's a couple thousand. Hundred, yeah. But I, I, I think it's better for viewership for a basketball game. Right. I, I think it's just it's just night and day on the inside of that place compared oh, yeah. to the Bradley Center. I mean yeah. Bradley Center was like you were watching ants. Right. You yeah. you walk in and just the concession stands, yes. the amenities that you have it's now very able well to laid you, out. The club level on that top level is amazing. Yes. That outdoor oh, yeah. uh, little patio area that you have outside overlooking yeah. a downtown is great. The Jack right. Daniels bar, it's my favorite. I mean, yeah, so that's yeah, but, all good stuff. But you're also talking to a guy that liked the arena and the auditorium, too. Well, and the arena's still there. And, right. you know, the Admirals and Harris, too, have done a great job updating yeah. uh, Panther Arena over right. there. And it's great for UWM basketball. Uh, it's great to go watch Wave Soccer with yes. our guy Van McNeil. Yes. Um, I mean, it's all Not of that a bad stuff. bad seat in the house. Right. All of right. that stuff is great. I And I've, I've told the Admirals this. I thought, I still think, the Admirals are a better product to watch there than they were at the Bradley Center. Absolutely. You agree Closer with me? to the fans. See, I yep. think the sight lines, I just, I, I've never sat in a bad seat yet at Panther no. Arena for an Admirals game. And the me Bradley neither. Center, you yeah. really didn't have bad seats per se anyhow. But for whatever reason, I just feel like I'm more on top of the action yes. there than I did when I was at the Bradley Center. Correct. You agree? Me too. Okay, good. Okay, so now we've moved past <laughs> that. Uh, in the break, it was interesting because uh, twice, like, man, I got all these notes on last week's show, Sparky. You're killing me. I, we're not even going to talk about last week's show other than the beginning with film. That was it. And I was like, well, Dwight, I was thinking in my brain last week, like, okay, we only had an hour, and we missed this, we missed this, we missed this. We never even talked about the playoff structure. Yeah. If you go on the PBA website, they're already talking about playoff point leaders and everything else. I was like, we had to cover that. So I, I said to Dwight, before we get to the high school thing, and, and those of you that were expecting to hear Chris Barnes, because that was in the promo all week, I apologize, but you can blame me because I'm the one that screwed up and uh, didn't do what I was supposed to do previous to today, Friday or Saturday, to get this all lined up. And uh, now he's not responding, which I wouldn't expect him to at this point. Anyhow, so maybe we'll try and get him on next week. So my apologies uh, there as far as Chris Barnes, but it's totally my fault. Uh, so Dwight, what did you take away from last week's show? Well, I, I, again, I I love the fact that obviously being a Tucky guy, and they had uh, Bo Burton in the in the uh, love Bo Burton, right? With the with the uh, Randy and and um, Rob Stone, they but, should have let him be the play by play guy, though. What for the whole show, or just that well, one? just for that that segment because he was right. more of an analyst than he was a play by play guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people all week on social media were texting about uh, and messaging about how great Bo Burton did and. And one of the guys last night at Boeing said uh, uh, how iconic Bo Burton was um, in his day. And I, I looked at him, I go, well, I said, dating myself again, I thought the guy that was iconic was Billy Whalo when he was with Chris Schengel before Bo Burton came in. But Rob Stone, in my opinion, um, as as Bo Burton gave him all the accolades between games, I, I, I fully agree. I mean, there were several times during that show where I just – flat out laughed out loud at, at some of the comments that uh, Rob Stone made and how entertaining was the word that I kept thinking about all week on how he brings such a, a, a comical side to it, um, either with his hand bones or Yahtzees or open up a six pack for every, every strike uh, stream that he has. And, and I think you need a part of that. I kept thinking about you and Phil 
um, what your take was all on that during the week, but I, I loved it. It was nice to have him back. Better than ever. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm on Twitter right now. Fox Sports PR just tweeted out a video of Rob Stone live from the Oklahoma uh, Open Finals. Uh, again, this is the type of stuff you did not get on ESPN. You just you you de- you never you never got this on ESPN. Little videos like that before uh, the bowling started and stuff. So that that's always fun to see. Just all that extra stuff. When we talk about Rob Stone and him coming back and him and Randy Peterson and that chemistry. Unbelievable. And everybody that was with Randy Peterson since Rob Stone. Yes. I always said Rob Stone was the best one that I had heard. Yep. And others didn't like Rob Stone and thought he wasn't paying enough respect uh, to the bowling uh, and how he went about doing it. And it was completely different than we had ever heard before from a play-by-play guy on the PBA without question. But he really is the right guy for that job. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any debate about it. Yeah, take nothing away from the professionalism of all the other guys that stepped in during that time. Agreed. But that chemistry that's between Rob and Randy, it's it's unmatched. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's something that and I'm glad to see that they've really taken advantage of. But really embracing the handbone thing uh, with Rob Stone and, and, you know, really promoting it a little bit more. And I don't know if they do this. And see, I, I was coming up with questions after the fact. But you ever go to a, a sporting events and they have like these like poster boards and then they'll have like a sponsor, like Coles will be a sponsor or whatever mm-hmm. else, right. right? And they give you, if your kid wants a poster board, they'll give you a poster board, yep. whatever else. And then you can make and up, your, whatever you you can make up yep. your own posters once you're inside the event. Absolutely. Right. PBA should do that. I, I they, they have. They have in the past. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something that I think is huge for the sport. When you could pan to the stands and see all these different fun sayings in the stands. I saw 10, 15 different ones during the show that said, go bowling. Yes. And, and and my wife, Betty, even made a comment on that because obviously she's so involved with the youth bowling. Um, she goes, look at all those go bowling st- um, banners that are, are, are hanging up. The only thing, the other thing I think about is the fans have to be also respectful <laughs> because they're on the sides and the pros can catch that or they're peripheral vision of their eyes. As far as when they put them up? Put them up, right. correct. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be quite distracting, sure. too. Yeah, absolutely. I could totally understand where you're going with that. Um, other things that you took away from the show last week? I love the close, exciting matches. Bo Burton talked yep. about that. But he also said that that one match uh, with Belmo was over in about the 6th or 7th frame Early. already. Yep. He felt in the old days, with the 60s and, in the 60s and 70s, with the balls not being as aggressive, how it was a 2-0 to 195 type of finish. It went down to the 10th frame. I, I like those close matches. I don't think people want to tune in and watch – 270 to 260 all the time, but I do think that they want to get it at least a close match to keep the suspense going until even the if the end. scores aren't great. Correct, just a little bit closer to get to the end. And there's nothing Bullock can do about that. You can't control that if you're the PBA tour. You put two right. guys out there, see what happens. If one guy's not having the breaks that that day or, or not bad feeling ball it, choice, right? It, it's yep. going to happen. At the end of the day, that's what it's going to be. I want to see too because they're doing these profiles on these bowlers and stuff. I want to see if the PBA is going to get a little in-depth on these ball reps and yes. the roles that they play with these players. And they have done that on flow. On flow bowling. They yes, have, they right. have. And, and Tom keeps talking about it when he comes to the shop about all these uh, event clips or interviews uh, that flow offers. And I think they need to do more, a little bit more of that on a live telecast also. And if you have the video, and I haven't seen it, but if you have the video of that, I just wonder how hard that would be to take the flow bowling 
snippet or whatever of a mm-hmm. ball rep and just insert that into a, a PBA show on, on Fox Sports 1. Well, I, I know it's time crunching. I know that Absolutely. they want to get everything in. But, I mean, if you could give a quick minute uh, event clip in there, I think that would be really great for the fans. All right, he is Dwight Albrecht. Uh, anything else you want to get in? I don't want to get I want to hear about this whole Creek thing. <laughs> the whole Creek thing. I, I'm telling you, I've, I'm, I was blown away by it. And blown away in a good way. Like, I was really happy by what I saw. And I don't know if this happens elsewhere. So I want to give it some uh, time and get Dwight's thoughts on it. Coming up next, it's the Castle Light Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. Castle Eight Spare Time Bowling Show on 105.7 FM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Dwight Albert from the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Got uh, an event going on over there today, right? Yeah, we are. For the bowling fan locally, you want to come out and see it. We have uh, Dave Barris' Fantasy Draft Tournament starting at 1030. Love me some Dave Barris. And uh, we heard that it's all 28 lanes full. Fantasy Draft? Yeah, it's like a football. You're going to have captains, and then they pick their bowlers out of the draft. Also, oh, going in, you don't know who's on. Oh, correct. Really? Yeah, it's great, and it sells out every year. So it's a great format. The guys love it. Yeah, the that local guys like, love it. Sounds like a lot of fun. So you got some of the better bowlers in it. Gonna be there, everyone. Oh, really? Yeah. So at the bowling alley, will be full with every really good bowlers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. But I like the fact that you could have a different team every year depending Correct. on who's left in the draft. And you find out who really likes you. It's like the PBA League. Right. Right. Exactly. And then I people, probably would be picked last. And then people get so. offended and mad, and then all the drama ensues. And then you add alcohol to it, then you Just really win, get some baby. more drama. Just, it's all about winning. Right? <laughs> uh, okay, so only got a few minutes left here. Uh, don't forget, college basketball show uh, with Don with Chillis comes up today at noon, noon to two, every Sunday, the college basketball show with Don with Chillis. Uh, and uh, Ryan Horvat uh, with him as well. So let me just say that uh, earlier this week, uh, our oldest is going, well, he is 14, so he'll be a freshman next year at Oak Creek High School. And in Oak Creek, they have the high school, and then they built a brand new building a couple of years ago for just the ninth graders. So it's as, it looks darn near as big as the high, actual high school itself, and this is for the ninth grade center. So... They'd open house for the ninth grade center for all the eighth graders uh, from the middle schools in Oak Creek and come walk through or whatever else. So we went over there and we walk in and when you walk in the they have this huge room that's kind of split up in two areas um, and it's all tables and all the different sports teams mm. for the most part are all represented. So we walk in and 14 year old wants to play football. So we talked to coach Parr. Uh, over at the football table, who I've known for years and years and years and years. So I talk to him, and then we start walking around. And baseball coaches were there, right? And there's our bowling guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, because bowling's a club sport last time I checked. So I didn't think they'd be in this room. I didn't mm-hmm. think there was a chance they'd be in this room. So I asked him, I said, so are you guys here like every year? And he's like, no, this is really the first year, for the most part, that we've been here. Dwight. They got sign-up sheets, right, in front of all these coaches. He easily had 20, 25 kids on there. He was telling me that last couple of years they haven't really had a women's team. No. Because they don't have enough. It has dried up so bad. For right. Girls, yeah. Had like six girls. Great. That wanted to bowl this year. He goes, so we might actually be able to have a women's team this year. That's awesome. Uh, in Oak Creek, plus all those boys that signed up on top of it. And that was, 
I don't know. I think there was still another hour left when we got there. So I don't know how many more kids signed up after that. Now, I don't know if this goes on at other high schools, but that is amazing to see those many names down for kids that want to be on the bowling team or be a part of the bowling team. To me, I walked out just smiling like that is the coolest thing I've seen because we we always hear about, well, schools are having to combine with other schools because there's not enough interest in bowling and so forth, but – is there really not enough interest, or do kids really just not know about it? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, we had the New Berlin girls in. They went to state. Right. That was like your three favorite out of four team years. of all time. Yes. Well, and, and then I, I think the Warbleskis, Jeff and Craig, I mean, Craig used to do the girls, and Jeff did the boys, and, and now I think they both collaborate on the boys team, which is also very good this year, and and uh, I drill for a lot of the boys on that team and just a wonderful group of people. But I don't think the coaches get enough credit for all the incredible hard work that they do to make sure that this is all a smooth running operation. Right. I mean, how many schools have men and women bowling teams right now that three, have both? Three, four years ago, a lot. And and the girls just, for whatever reason, the last year or two, they have graduated and moved on. And you just didn't see that next flow of, of girls come in. So now a lot of, at least the last year or two, I see a lot of high school teams where the girls are bowling with the boys. Now, of that, those lists of names that were signed up at Oak Creek High School or the Freshman Center or whatever else that were signed up, how many of those, I mean, I'm sure the bowling coaches know they were talking to the kids, but I, I wasn't there talking to them. How many of those kids have actually bowled in league before? Right. I don't know. How many of those kids have never really picked up a bowling ball outside of a couple times a year when they go with their parents? Don't know. Yeah. To be honest with you, don't care. Right from the from the sport of bowling perspective, the fact that there's interest in doing this, um, and they want to learn how to do it and, and participate in it or whatever, that's huge. It's great. And if they yeah. are league bowlers that have been bowling yep. and that now want a chance, yep. that's a huge coup for Oak Creek to yep. be able to get that done. If if those guys and girls all come through, yeah, I just kind of I, I have had that talk with Jeff, and I kind of scratch my head on why. You have one year where you have so many girls that are interested in doing the bowling, and then the, that lull of a couple of years where there isn't anything. Because you have the middle school bowling program in Oak Creek as well. So mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, it's it's ignored or whatever the case may be in Oak Creek. They have the middle school bowling program too. I just think there's so many activities for the kids to try to yes. pick from. Yeah, there's no question about it. And Oak Creek is a booming community right now. I mean, yeah. it's just growing leaps and bounds. That's why they had to build that whole new building just to accommodate ninth graders. Uh, going forward. So, I think it's great. I think it's a great sign for high school bowling. All right, who's your pick for this week on the Oklahoma Open? That starts in three minutes on Fox Sports 1. I'm going with Jacob Buttruff. Jacob Buttruff. Now you're going to roll Jacob Buttruff. I think from last week he has something to prove. He wants to prove that he is number one. I'm going to roll with Svensson. That's who I'm rolling with this week. We'll see what happens this week. So, But I'd be fine with Buttruff winning. Like, there's nobody on this show that I like I would root against. Mm-hmm. Nobody. No. I, I, I'm good with any of It'll these It'll be a guys. great show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's Dwight Albrecht, Spare Time Pro Shop. Go check him out over in New Berlin. Go check out their uh, fantasy draft tournament going on uh, today as well over uh, in New Berlin. Enjoy the rest of your day. Couch Basketball Show coming up at noon. Toodles! Toodles!